Hello and welcome to this latest installment of Barnard's on the NBA. I'm your host, Matt Barnard, and I'm joined here by my son and co-host, Emilio. Hey, it's me, Emilio. It is Emilio, and we are uh, joining you uh, once again on this episode to uh, continue our uh, redraft series, where we uh, take a look at uh, some of the uh, drafts from uh, NBA drafts past. And uh, today we're going to be looking at the uh, 1989 NBA draft, as you might have been able to guess from the show title. Uh, what was that, Mills? I said it's quite a great draft. Uh, it's quite a good draft. Uh, uh, just uh, in, in short, uh, n- notable for uh, being the first draft after the cut down to uh, just two rounds. Mm-hmm. So only uh, 54 players in this draft, which I think is the uh, lowest in any NBA draft. Because uh, there were expansion teams that came afterwards that extended the draft, uh, even as it remained at two rounds like it is today. Uh, we see uh, nine All-Stars coming out of this draft. Pretty impressive. And uh, we got a few Hall of Famers as well. So uh, what we're going to do is, uh, in our typical format, we're going to uh, run down and redraft the uh, first 14 picks in uh, in this draft. And uh, we'll talk about these guys. And, uh, yeah, let's let's, uh, let's jump right into it, Mills. So we're going to start with one. We're going to start with number one, yeah. With the so- first overall pick. I'm not going to do the thing. Tim Hardaway. Yes, Tim Hardaway. Let's. Uh, this is for me. Yeah, so for number one for you in this redraft is uh, Tim Hardaway. Let's talk about this guy. Five-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA, All-Rookie Team, um, Hall of Famer, for sure. It, I mean, just a great career, honestly. Like, one of the best players um, in his time, I would say. And um, just very consistent, averaging over 20 points per game for the bulk of his career when he was um, in his prime. And... Dropped off a little bit at the end of his career when he wasn't playing for the Warriors and um, Heat. But, um, yeah, great career and a long career, too. Yeah, certainly notable. And uh, as uh, I believe you mentioned on uh, redraft episodes in the past, to uh, jump up from the uh, 14th spot where he was taken out of uh, UTEP as a uh, six-foot, 175-pound point guard. Uh, Pretty impressive to uh, have a kind of career that would get you all the way to the top of a redraft. And uh, he was worthy of it. I mean, he, he had, a, had a terrific career. I mean, five-time All-Star, as you mentioned. At uh, Texas El Paso. Texas El Paso, yeah, exactly, where, where he attended. And, uh, of course, uh, coined the uh, UTEP two-step, his uh, signature move. Yeah. Uh, pretty nice one. And also just a phenomenal career at UTEP, as you would imagine. His number 10 retired there. His number 10 also retired by the Miami Heat, for whom he uh, provided six years of uh, high-quality service uh, in the league, along with the six years with the Warriors. Yeah, maybe the Warriors should retire some too. I mean, I think he played even better there. Yeah, I mean, I think probably just the standards for uh, Warriors retired numbers are a little bit higher than uh, he retired I mean, numbers. He had uh, retired Jordan. <laughs> exactly, I was just about to say. So uh, he didn't even play for the franchise. So they might be a little more loose with the uh, retired numbers with uh, with the Heat. Although at this point, they've had some great players there as well, mm-hmm, uh, sure. without any question. So, uh, yeah, Tim Hardaway with a, a fantastic career, uh, went on to uh, coach as well, uh, coached the, uh, the Florida Pitbulls uh, back in 2005-2006, uh, and uh, more recently was an assistant with the Pistons. So a uh, guy who's dipped his toe into, uh, into coaching as well. I don't know if you know this, but uh, he's actually the, the uh, father of a current NBA player, Tim Hardaway Jr. I did know that. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's another pretty cool note. About, and Tim Hardaway Jr. is legit. Yeah, no, he absolutely. I mean, a guy who's, who's really made a name for himself and made a career for himself in the league. Um, worth mentioning as well that, uh, that, that Tim Hardaway has uh, uh, participated in U.S. basketball as well, actually won a gold medal in uh, 2000 in the uh, U.S. Olympic team. Yeah, Tim Hardaway Jr., um, um, his son, um, yeah, has been in the league for um, almost 10 years and uh, 13.9 points per game, so great career for him too. Yeah, subject of a lot of trade discussions as we uh, record this here in uh, in early or mid-January of uh, 2023. So we'll see what happens with that. All right, so I did not have uh, Tim Hardaway as my uh, first pick. I did have Tim Hardaway uh, as my four pick, which we'll get to in just a moment. Let's talk about my uh, number one pick, and that was uh, Rain Man, Sean Kemp. Yes, um, Rain Man. And um if you haven't watched his um, The List of Blister, then um, go watch that for sure um, um, after this episode. So, um, yeah, um, six-time All-Star, three-time All-NBA, and a great player. I mean, I had him on my list, I think, fifth maybe. 
But um, yeah, fifth. Um, a fantastic player in the league. Yeah, no question. And I think we uh, we covered Sean Kemp reasonably well on our uh, Supersonics uh, slash Thunder uh, franchise team uh, podcast not that long ago. But um, worth noting for uh, just his, uh, his his immense physical presence on the court, uh, known as Rain Man, as I said, an unusual story for him uh, at the time, especially not playing any college ball, uh, just stopping over at uh, Trinity Valley Community College for a year after uh, being a big time recruit out of high school, uh, was academically ineligible to uh, play at Kentucky where he was headed. So, I mean, if you're a Kentucky recruit, you're pretty big time. And, uh, and Sean Kemp was, uh, was pretty big time. Yeah. Uh, 1,051 regular season games in the league. And I think had a longer career than, uh, than I certainly mentioned before we started doing more research for these uh, podcasts. Entered the league at age 20. As I just mentioned, uh, and played till thirty-three, and played till thirty-three. Right. So I mean, despite like not playing deep into his thirties, uh, started really early and uh, had a big impact early in his career. Yeah, um, only one triple double in his career, so he probably could work on that. But uh, still a great career. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and played long enough to achieve some uh, some notable positions on on some uh, all-time okay. leaderboards. Twenty-second um, in uh, personal fouls, for instance. Twenty-eighth uh, in uh, offensive rebound percentage. Re- really, a, a phenomenal rebounder. I mean, thirty-third all-time in uh, rebound percentage generally, and fortieth all-time in defensive rating. Forty-fourth in defensive win share. So, a guy who really put up the uh, defensive stats, averaging uh, one point one steals and one point two blocks over the course of his career as well. Yeah, so um, definitely impressive from him, and to not even like play in college and still get in the league or like basically not even playing college is um, very impressive. Yeah, remarkable work out of Sean Kemp, and uh, it wasn't a clear cut call for me in terms of uh, the redraft here, but he was number one for uh, for me. Yeah, um, a little bit controversial here for the number one pick. I would say, yeah. I mean, it's not a draft that had a clear cut superstar that would uh, clearly go first in a redraft as we've uh, just hashed out. All right, let's move on to your number two pick, Mills. I had Glenn Rice, Glenny, as some would say. I actually never heard that nickname for him, but uh, I guess it might have been G. used by some people. G, G. Um, so three-time All-Star, NBA champion, two-time All-NBA, um, All-Rookie team, and um, All-Star Game MVP. So, uh, yeah, um, de- definitely a um, great career. And definitely deserving of this spot. He um, all stuck with the forty number, um, forty-one number for his whole career, and got up to like twenty-six point eight points per game in one season, forty-seven um, percent from three. Um, leading the league. Leading the league that year. That was the year he had twenty-six points a game, and um, eighteen point three for his career. And he definitely could have gone number one too. Absolutely. Had a a fantastic career. I mean, really, really good score. I mean, I think uh, as I was doing some uh, some research for this episode, uh, found out that he really uh, improved his stock heading into the 1989 draft by going into the NCAA tournament, winning the championship with uh, Michigan and scoring the most points ever scored during an NCAA tournament by a player. So that's pretty good. (laughs) And uh, got taken number four overall by the uh, by the Heat. And uh, really went on to uh, to score in buckets uh, throughout his 1,000 game career, uh, 18.3 exactly points per 1, game. Exactly 1,000 games. That's in the regular season, of course. Played another 55 in the playoffs. I mean, hard to do it better than that. And uh, yeah, this guy had some had an impact on uh, on a bunch of good teams in his career. Yeah, for sure. I won the title with the Lakers, um, but played on the Lakers, the Heat, um, the. Heat for six seasons. Um, Hornets. Hornets for three seasons. Lakers for two seasons. Rockets for two seasons. Knicks for one season. And Clippers for one season. So really got around. Absolutely. Uh, his number retired by the uh, uh, Michigan, number 41 there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the guy just had a really fun career. I mean, won uh, Final Four most outstanding player during the season we were just describing. Uh, won a three-point contest during his career. Uh, made an All-NBA second team and third team. So uh, really a, a very decorated player uh, during his time in the league. And, um, you know, a, a guy you'd be extremely happy to get high up in a draft. Yeah, for sure. And um, didn't get any uh, triple doubles, but that's okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, notable for, uh, for for being pretty high up in, uh, in, in some of the three-point shooting categories, despite 
his career having come earlier than the uh, three-point explosion that we've seen in recent years. Um, 37th all-time in uh, three-point field goals made despite uh, that handicap. Yeah, that's uh, pretty impressive. And as we talked about, 47% in one season, so uh, that's nasty. Yeah, before we move on, uh, worth worth mentioning, uh, this guy uh, once scored 56 points in a game. That is um, quite a lot of points, and um, yeah. That's a great career high. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 56 points. Uh, fantastic. And it was on 27 field goal attempts as well. Uh, that was and back, he went seven for eight from three. Yeah, during the uh, 1995 season. So fantastic work out of uh, Glenn Rice there. I actually had him as my uh, number three pick. We can move on to my number two pick. That was Vlade Divas. Yeah, so you clearly favor the big man here. Um, but uh, I was definitely considering of this guy for one of my top picks. Um, I believe I had him going... Number three, so just swapped around there. But um, Vlade, yeah, um, great great player, Hall of Famer. Yeah, we should have mentioned Tim Hardaway also in the Hall of Fame as of uh, yes. recently. Uh, I think so, I did mention Okay, so, yeah, we got a couple of Hall of Famers so far. Um, is he in the Hall of Fame as a player? Vlade Divas. Yeah. Yes, he's in the Hall of Fame. A little bit surprising there that, like, Sean Kemp is in because he has six times All-Star and he only – and uh, Vlade only has one time All-Star. But yeah. he is from Serbia, so. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they factor in the uh, the career from overseas. Uh, Vlade also uh, with a longer career. I mean, playing uh, 1,134 regular season games. And I think um, you know, we can get more into his career here in a moment. But uh, also has had a career as an executive, too. So, I mean, I think, like, hanging around the league in the way that he has probably has been helpful in, his, in establishing his uh, Hall of Fame case, being inducted as a player in uh, 2019, so not that long ago. Yeah, he um... – just had a very long career. I mean, played from 1990 to 2005. Um, that's like 15 years in the league. Um, yeah, averaging 11.8 points per game and uh, 8.2 rebounds per game for his whole career. So um, long career and um, put up some good stats during that career. Yeah, play, absolutely. And played, uh, as you mentioned, internationally as well. Represented Yugoslavia in the 1988 Olympics in Seoul. Uh, won a silver medal there, so a pretty good feather in his, in his cap. Yugoslavia was a country that uh, that existed uh, back back in those days in in Europe, and he's uh, from Serbia. And he's from Serbia. Well, I mean, the, the Serbia is is what is now. I mean, Yugoslavia wow. was uh, was where he was representing then. So, uh, yeah, I mean, a guy who's uh, lived through a lot of change in in terms of uh, his his okay. homeland, and uh, yeah, a guy who represented himself extremely well in the international stage, in addition to uh, in the NBA. But, I mean, his NBA career was really nice. I mean, this guy was, yeah. was a, a really solid NBA center for, uh, like we said, a long time. I mean, uh, played almost 30 minutes a game across those 1,134 regular season games. And I contributed in the playoffs as well. I mean, this guy got out there for 121 playoff games, including uh, being center on some really good Kings teams. Yeah, and starting almost all of his playoff games as well. I mean, yeah, definitely should mention that. And those Kings teams, I mean, they were pretty good. They, they were like title contenders. Like, Absolutely. Made, made some deep playoff runs uh, with, with Vlade contributing. Uh, also, worth mentioning uh, in, in terms of Vlade, his number uh, 21 retired by the Kings, so made enough of an impact on that franchise in his uh, six seasons there to uh, to receive that honor. And uh, also, uh, you know, a bunch of EuroLeague uh, honors for his work overseas. We don't, need to, we don't have time to get into too much of that right now. But uh, named as FIBA, one of uh, FIBA's uh, 50 greatest players back in 1991 and uh, one of the 50 greatest EuroLeague contributors in 2008. So a guy who uh, made some noise on both sides of the pond, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so he was my number two. I know we just covered that he was uh, your number three pick, so we can move on to my number three pick, and that was Glenn Rice. So let's uh, let's keep it moving. Who's your number four, Mills? Yes, I might have wanted to switch this around with Sean Kemp, but I had – um, Cliff Robinson, no, he's 36. Um, he, um, he had an extremely long career. Um, he played 1,380 games. Um, that is pretty, um, amazing. Absolutely. Incredible, incredible career for, uh, for Cliff Robinson. Really, I mean, the duration of it. But also the quality. I mean, again, just like we were talking about with Vlade, I mean, this guy played, uh, he averaged 30.8 minutes across those uh, 1,300 games. games like more than that. Yeah, started a whole lot of them. A really, really valuable uh, uh, 
piece, whether he was uh, starting or coming off the bench as he did later in his career. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, just a, a, a fantastic, uh, uh, you know, staple of the NBA for uh, for a real long time. Yeah. Unfortunately died at the age of 53 in 2020. Yes, uh, an untimely passing for uh, for the man known as Uncle Cliffy. Why did he die? I believe he had um, lymphoma, so he had uh, cancer, sadly, and and, uh, and passed away back in uh, in twenty twenty. An unusual player, and that he's from uh, upstate New York. Obviously, that was more of an old timer thing. Not that many uh, upstate New York players making it to the league these days, and uh, obviously, he's not making it these days either. He made it a while ago, but. Uh, uh, second round pick in this draft, uh, 36th overall. So to make the move all the way up to uh, the high lottery for you, uh, really, really impressive out of Cliff Robinson. Yeah, and I think for you too. Yeah, yeah, I had I had Cliff Robinson six. So yeah, he made made a big, big move uh, for me too. And uh, notable, I, I think. I mean, I remember him being part of uh, some good Pistons teams just before they went on their, uh, their their title runs there in the early 2000s. Yeah, like the the year before he left. Yeah. And uh, you know, a guy you were really happy to have as as a as a six ten guy who could pop it from uh, from downtown. I mean, you can see uh, looking back in his his career. I mean, a thirty five point six percent three point shooter, and a guy who would really get him up. I mean, you know, for uh, for his era, shooting two and a half threes a game, it's pretty good. Yeah, and a good shooter from out there as well. Yeah, definitely. So uh, yeah, Cliff Robinson, a uh, notable player in this uh, this draft class as well. All right, so. Um, Let's keep talking here. I had uh, Tim Hardaway as the uh, number four pick, and uh, Mills, who do you have at, at five? I had John Kemp. Okay, so uh, we're, we're, we're bouncing Did back to me. I had uh, Mookie Blaylock. Yes, uh, I had this guy pick. at number six. Um, Mookie Blaylock, um, one-time All-Star, two-time Steals champ, six-time All-Defense. Now, that's six-time All-Defense. That is impressive. One of the best defenders of his time, and his nickname, The Thief. Yeah, uh, I mean that's a pretty good nickname to have if you're uh, trying to play some uh, some defense on the ball. Twelfth uh, pick in this draft uh, in um, uh, to, to the Nets out of uh, out of Midland College uh, and then Oklahoma, where he actually got drafted out of a six footer, 180 pounds, lasted 889 games in the league, and uh, yeah, this guy was uh, was a real ball. I mean, not just uh, on defense, but also on. Um... On offense, too, averaging 13.5 points per game. And only one season not averaging over 10 points per game. So, Yeah, I, 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 absolutely. A, a fantastic uh, college career for him as well to uh, get up to that draft status. Uh, took the Oklahoma Sooners all the way to the national title game uh, during his time uh, in, in college. And, uh, of course, has his uh, number 10 honored by uh, the Oklahoma Sooners. Yes, indeed. And led the league in steals twice. Actually, so that's very impressive, um, and I th- I believe on the all-time leaderboards he's pretty high on the steals percentage. Um, he, he really is. Um, yeah, all-time fourteenth in um, steals and fifth in steals per game. Yeah, I mean that's two point three steals per game for this guy over the course of his career. Yes, extremely impressive. Very very impressive. Uh, also notable for uh, being the namesake for. Uh, for some notable uh, pop culture items, uh, for instance, the uh, the band Pearl Jam, famous for uh, having initially been named Mookie Blaylock in his honor, and they actually named uh, one of their popular albums uh, Ten after his uh, uniform number. Wow. Also of note, apparently uh, Mookie Betts named after Mookie Blaylock. Really? Yeah. That's kind of surprising. Yeah, uh, you know, very, very popular player during his time. And you can imagine, uh, you know, a really quick guard who uh, was able to uh, force a lot of turnovers, uh, an appealing watch for sure. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so unless you, uh, you got more on Mookie Blaylock, let's move on to uh, your number six. But that's Mookie Blaylock as well. Okay. So let's move on to my number six. It's Cliff Robinson. Let's go back to your number seven, Mills. I have Sean Elliott. Pretty high pick in this draft, uh, number three overall. Yes, drop down a now. bit. I mean, he's good. I think like him going number three wasn't a surprise at the time, but there were better players than him. Yeah, and and the, as it turned out. Yeah, so he um, two-time All-Star, NBA champion, made the All Rookie Team. Um, Ninja Silly, as some might know him as, fourteen point two points per game and played. A lot of games. I mean, 
742 games, started 712 of them, and um, yeah, good career. Yeah, just a really consistent player during his time in the league. Uh, his uh, number 32 retired both at Arizona and uh, and, and by the Spurs. Um, all-time leading scorer at Arizona, which is, uh, you know, quite a mark to set. I mean, there's a lot of good players that come out of there. And as I mentioned, uh, taking with the third overall pick in this draft, a uh, small forward for sure, uh, 6'8", 205, so has that prototypical size, and uh, really just a stalwart. I mean, as a starter for uh, the vast majority of his career, playing 33 minutes a game during his time in the league, uh, completely with the Spurs except for one year with the Pistons. And, um, you know, part of, part of some really good teams. Yeah, he was like going to the Pistons for like um to like see if he could like do well there, right? And then like he like didn't play well for them, and then he was like, I guess I'll feel better with the Spurs and went back, right? I think it was the uh, kind of thing where everyone realized uh, it came to a realization that uh, the Spurs were the place for him, and uh, and he got got himself back there, and uh, and off, the off, they, off they went for another uh, yeah seven seasons, so. Yeah, I mean, a pretty pretty fantastic run for uh, for Sean Elliott in San Antonio over the course of eleven seasons. So, re- really yeah. good run for him there. Yeah, for sure. And he went for forty one points in the game once. Yeah, yeah, not too shabby. I mean, a guy who could definitely fill it up uh, in in the right situations and uh, played a lot during his time in the league. Yeah, sure. All right, so let's uh, let's keep it moving here. Move on to uh, my number seven pick in the redraft, and that is uh, Nick Anderson. Yes, I had this guy, no, I'm going to rate these guys are very close, if you ask me. And this guy went 11th in the real draft, so moving up a bit for you and for me. Um, 25 all day, um, or for his whole career, <coughs> all day. Uniform number. Yeah, 25 for his whole career. And I remember we, uh, in our Illinois episode, we talked about how he averaged 19.9 points per game in two seasons straight, and then 15.8 points per game exactly in two seasons straight. Yeah, you got to check out that Illinois episode uh, or just, I guess, listen to it uh, right here. Let's talk about him. Um, yeah, good, uh, solid player. I mean, uh, you know, 14.4 points per game during his uh, during his career on average. 800 games exactly uh, that he got in um, yeah, during those uh, 13 seasons. Yeah, pretty impressive. Um, he... Um... Yeah, solid shooter and um, just like a good all-around player, kind of. Yeah, definitely. I mean, a, a guy who added uh, added the shooting that was necessary to uh, those uh, Shaq and Penny uh, Orlando Magic teams. I think that was probably the high point of his career, uh, playing the bulk of his career with uh, with, with those Magic teams, uh, 10 seasons in Orlando. And, um, you know, a guy who was a little bit before his time in terms of uh, getting up a lot of three-point shots. I mean, uh, had seasons where he was getting up over five and a half shots per game, like three years in a row. And. Uh, I guess six out of seven there, or five, five out of six. Um, yeah, I mean, just more of a volume shooter than you were used to seeing in the '90s. Yeah, for sure. And um, I remember like playing as him in video games. Like I always get destroyed by him because he keeps making shots. And um, on those like Magic teams, like with Shaq and uh, Penny Hardaway, um, I think a starter on those teams. So yeah, yeah, absolutely a starter on those teams, and a starter for most of his career. Yeah, um, started six hundred and thirty-six out of eight hundred career games. Yeah, so uh, definitely good work out of uh, out of Nick Anderson. All right, so let's. Uh, he's actually worth mentioning before we move on from him. He's the uh, first draft pick in uh, Magic history as well. Wow. And uh, also worth mentioning, uh, came off the bench to uh, score fifty points in his uh, career. Wow, came off the bench. Pretty wild, right? Yeah, very impressive. Yeah, in a uh, one nineteen one sixteen win uh, on April twenty third, nineteen ninety three. Yeah, came off the bench and, uh, and and scored himself fifty points. Wow, impressive. Yep. All right, so we'll take a, a quick break here, and we'll get back to you with uh, the second half of the lottery in just a moment. And we're back to keep talking about our uh, nineteen eighty nine uh, redraft. Uh, we've uh, already discussed uh, the guys who we have at the eight spot. Both of us, uh, Mills, you had uh, Nick Anderson at the eight spot, and I had Sean Elliott. So let's move on to the number nine spot. Mills, who'd you have there? I had Dana Barrows. Yes, I did. Um, this guy is a um, hometown hero for us. Um, he is um, yeah. I mean, I played for his club team, and uh, yeah. Um, but let's talk about his NBA career. Um, 
a great NBA career as well, playing as a 5'11 guard and uh, averaging 10.5 points per game. And I'm scoring 50. Yeah, he scored 50 in his uh, the, the best game of his career. I mean, we, we've talked about that in the past. Uh, we covered Dana uh, not too long ago in the history of this podcast on our uh, Boston College all-time team podcast, which, of course, he made uh, Dana going for 50 against uh, Hakeem's Rockets. I mean, a, a remarkable performance by uh, by the great Dana Barrows. But a, a phenomenal career uh, from, from Dana, taken with the uh, 16th pick in this draft. Uh, we're taking him ninth in the uh, the redraft here. I have him in my ninth spot as well. Just a fantastic shooter. I mean, and and you know to last as long as he did at his size uh, to make an All Star team during his time in the league and to uh, to you know knock down the three ball at a forty one point one percent clip in his career. Yeah, very impressive. And taking three point one three point one game. So yeah, I mean shooting a bunch of them and uh, making. Yeah, he, he sure did. I mean, and, uh, you know, he, that, that uh, 41.1% uh, from three is uh, good for 22nd all time. So really an elite shooter, uh, as represented by uh, by that number, uh, started uh, 264 out of his 850 games uh, with um, with the Sonics, uh, Sixers, Celtics, and, and Pistons. Uh, definitely uh, got some time in with, uh, with his hometown Celtics uh, prior to uh, – his career ending actually played the most of his career uh, with uh, in a Celtics uniform, and uh, yeah, I mean a guy who obviously has had a big impact on uh, on our lives. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've met him. I think uh, yeah, I have his autograph. So, um, yeah, definitely somebody who I even like know. Yeah, great inspiration. I mean, I know you're uh, you know you've had his wife as a teacher. I mean, uh, definitely uh, Dana, uh, an important part of uh, of, our, of our lives here uh, in. Uh, in Eastern Massachusetts. Uh, I should also mention uh, Dana Barros and, uh, and, and his wife uh, have uh, have one son, and uh, you know his name is Jordan. Wow. Yep. How yep. old is he? Uh, I think he's in his 20s. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Dana, of course, uh, I'm glad you mentioned it, is uh, 55 right yeah. now. A lot of these guys, uh, given the year in which they were drafted, uh, around that uh, magical age. Yeah. All right, so I had uh, Dana as well. At the uh, at, at the ninth spot, so uh, we can move on to uh, who you had at the tenth spot. I had Sherman Douglas. Um, this guy uh, went with the twenty eighth pick in the real draft. First pick of the second round. First pick of the second round. Yep, and uh, he um, was pretty good. Yeah, definitely. I mean, a guy who uh, made some noise at Syracuse uh, on his way up. Um, yeah, taken with, uh, as, as you mentioned, the first pick of the second round and, uh, known as the, uh, as the general, uh, during his career. Actually, uh, remember this guy in particular for, uh, having been one of, uh, your uncle Sam's, uh, favorites when, uh, when I first met him. Yeah. Um, he did play for the Celtics for, um, five seasons and, um, like at the beginning of his career, he, uh, was pretty nasty. I mean, 14.3 points per game in the rookie season and 18.5 in his second season dropped off a little bit. After that, when he moved to the Celtics, but um, pretty good overall career, eleven points per game for his career, and um, yeah, yeah, play, play. I mean, had had a nice, uh, nice lengthy career. Made a whole bunch of starts, uh, four hundred eighty-two of his uh, seven hundred sixty-five, and uh, had a great run at Syracuse as well. Uh, made the um, uh, made the final four in nineteen eighty-seven, uh, the first time that uh, Coach Jim Beheim had uh, had done so at Syracuse. And uh, set the all-time NCAA assist record with uh, with the Orangemen uh, when he was in, uh, in in college as well. So really, really a notable college career. Has his uh, number twenty retired at Syracuse, and uh, you know was able to wear that number twenty in a lot of spots in uh, in the NBA as well. Uh, yeah, I mean a three-time uh, first-team uh, All Big East. So that was uh, the time where the Big East was a uh, pretty darn good conference. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, imp- impressive run out of uh, Sherman Douglas as a six foot, uh, one hundred eighty pound point guard. Yeah, I would say, and um, yeah. One thing to say about Sherman Douglas, though, uh, he uh, only he, six foot, only six foot, and uh, came along at a time that uh, maybe was not as conducive to winning as uh, otherwise might have been. This guy went up against uh, Michael Jordan and the uh, the Bulls. I know we, we always comes back to him. We're always talking about Jordan, but it's the NBA. He uh, went up against Jordan 30 times, and uh, he was 0-30, over 30, went up against the great Jordan. I'm not very surprised, to be honest. I only played in the playoffs four times, 
and uh, actually it was not bad. Yeah, his his performance as an individual was uh, not bad in the playoffs, but uh, some pretty short uh, playoff runs for uh, for his teams. Yeah, only uh, Eric played six games in the playoffs. Right? Yeah, so uh, not too much team success. Although, as I think you're pointing out, uh, some some impressive uh, assist totals for uh, nine and a half. 8.3 on a couple of occasions. So. And 18.3. Yeah, yeah, just in, uh, in in those those brief uh, playoff runs that he did have. So uh, some good work out of uh, Sherman Douglas. Um, I had him with my uh, number 12 pick in this uh, redraft. Yeah, that's reasonable. All right, so we can move on to my number 10 pick, and that was a guy who uh, did a whole lot of winning and, uh, you know, did so alongside the great Jordan. Talking about B.J. Armstrong. Yep, um... I think he went 12 or 13 for me. Um, he, um, one-time All-Star and uh, three-time NBA champ with those Jordan Bulls. Yeah, I believe you had him in the uh, in the 12th spot. We'll, uh, we'll get to him in uh, in that sequence uh, sooner rather than later. But, uh, yeah, 6'2", uh, 175 out of Iowa uh, was B.J. Armstrong. This guy was known as the kid. He sure was, and... Um, he kind of looks like a kid, like a younger kid, and um, yeah, a bit of a baby face on uh, B.J. Armstrong. Yeah, but um, not a uh, babyish career. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well said. Put it that way. Definitely, not. Um, a baby could not have done what he did. Yeah, um, nine point eight points per game for his career, um, and a great three point shooter, actually. Really great. I mean, terrific three point shooter. Um, what in his first three seasons? Uh, he went five hundred from three. He went 500 from three. His, his first two seasons, yes. I mean, he, in the, the three-pointers that he took, he did hit them at a 50% rate and 42.5% for his career. Yeah, um, very impressive. And that's got to be someone on the that's all-time. 14th all-time in three-point field goal percentage. Yeah, pretty impressive. And um, he uh, had a pretty impressive career, too, for somebody at his height. Yeah, definitely. And uh, as we mentioned, uh, part of three title teams – uh, got an all-star appearance in there as well, uh, voted by the fans, but, hey, it still still counts. He's a popular guy uh, playing alongside um, you know, the great Jordan. Yeah. Uh, great run out of uh, B.J. Armstrong. So I, I had him in the uh, the 10th spot here. And, uh, but, as, I mean, definitely improved his ranking from one. Yeah, taken with the 18th pick, exactly, in the uh, the actual draft. So uh, definitely proved he, he was worthy of, uh, of an even higher selection. So I know you had him in the 12th spot. We can move on to your uh, number 11 at this point. I had uh, Pooh Richardson. Um, this guy uh, went 10th overall, so dropped down quite a bit here by um, five spots. Um, or one spot, my bad. Um, he um, made the all-rookie team, and um, yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty mid-career. Once, we get, once we're getting down into these guys below 10, these guys are just like – Kind of in the middle here. Um, but, uh, yeah, good career from Pooh Richardson. Yeah, UCLA attendee uh, with the with the 10th pick, as you mentioned. Uh, not overwhelming size at 6'1", uh, 180. But, yeah, had himself a career. I mean, 639 uh, regular season games, averaging 11.1 points per game. So that's, uh, that's no slouch. Uh, got up as high as uh, 17.1 points per game, uh, playing all 82 with the uh, Timberwolves. And it was actually the first uh, draft pick in Timberwolves history. Yeah, another guy who was the first one in history. I think a few expansion teams came in yeah. in this year. Um, Magic, uh, Wolves, and I think maybe Heat. Yeah, I think we just mentioned, right? And, uh, yeah, I mean, th- this was a uh, – yeah, I mean, a, a guy who had a, had a solid career, if not a uh, not a star, starring one. Yeah, um, 17.1 points per game in one season. And um, no surprise he made the all-rookie team. I mean, played all 82 games, 48 starts. And 11.4 points per game. Yep. Uh, nicknamed uh, Pooh by his uh, grandmother, who thought he looked like uh, Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, he kind of does. Yeah. So uh, so he's got that going on uh, in the background as well. I, I also uh, considered him and uh, and put him in at uh, the 14th spot. So the last spot in the lottery was uh, where I put Pooh Richardson. All right. So uh, having covered your uh, number 11, we can talk about my number 11, a guy who was considered a uh, pretty substantial bust, given that he was taken with the uh, number two overall pick in the actual draft. I'm talking about Danny Ferry. Yes. Uh, this guy actually did not make my 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 uh, 14, my lottery. That's fair. But um, he didn't stand out to me that much. Um, power forward, small forward, um, played 
Um, father played in the league as well, NBA champion, and I would say a middle-end career. And definitely a disappointment for the number two overall pick, but okay. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's definitely fair to say. I mean, a guy who only started 186 out of his 917 regular season games, but did find his way into some roles as his career went on, especially with the Spurs uh, down the end where he won his uh, title, but uh, also with uh, some decent Cavs teams during the 90s uh, where he was playing a part even if uh, it wasn't a starring role uh, like you might expect with the number two overall pick. A guy who uh, attended Duke and was a uh, big-time star in, in college, uh, so you might have been expecting a bit more than uh, Danny Ferry ultimately provided as a player. Yeah, and um, definitely was going for the Jordan look. <laughs> oh, big time. I mean, this guy was uh, shaving his head before it was cool, uh, or maybe just in, in response to uh, the great Jordan. Yeah, probably. Uh, Danny Ferry, also uh, worth uh, worth noting, uh, had a lengthy career as an executive in the league, uh, was a um, general manager for uh, for the Cavs, actually, around the time that, uh, that LeBron was uh, coming up, so had, had a significant role in uh, LeBron's career as in, in, the, in the early days of that, and also... Uh, Worked for the uh, for the Hawks as well as the Spurs, so a guy who's had his uh, had his fingers on uh, on a bunch of different NBA moves in the years since he left the league. Yeah. Uh, number thirty five uh, retired at Duke um, by those uh, Blue Devils, and I mean his uh, his, his career. I mean uh, in, in college, I mean really, you, you, you got to mention it. I mean Naismith College Player of the Year, nineteen eighty nine. I mean, uh, no wonder he went number two. Yeah, I mean uh, USBWA Player of the Year. UPI College Player of the Year, uh, Contentus First Team All-American, ACC Player of the Year a couple of times in 88 and 89. So uh, this guy was really, really killing it. National High School Player of the Year in 1985. So this guy was making a ton of noise on his way up. So, I mean, you can understand why people would think he was a little bit of a disappointment once he ultimately got to the league. Didn't even make the All-Rookie Team. Didn't make the All-Rookie Team. And actually, his rookie year was complicated. Uh, by uh, him getting drafted by the Clippers and refusing to play for them. So he actually went and played in Italy for a season after getting drafted to uh, force his way out. Of, why would he, uh, why would he just not play with the Clippers? It's a great question. we got to dig into that some more. But, I mean, uh, Clippers obviously a franchise without a lot of history of success. So maybe just uh, it was a bad situation and try to use whatever leverage he could, you know, like Eli Manning would do years later. Uh, you know, that, that type of thing where, you know, you could uh, say, I'm not playing and we give the team uh, an ultimatum and uh, see what they do about it. And ultimately, he was able to force his way out and get to uh, Cleveland. Not too many people trying to get out of Los Angeles to go to Cleveland, but uh, that was Danny Ferry. Yeah, and uh, did not live up to his whole potential in uh, Cleveland. No, uh, I, I would say not. Uh, worth mentioning, too, uh, scored 58 points in a college game. Extremely impressive. And college games are shorter, too, so. Yeah, I mean, that, that's incredible. And his father, as I mentioned before, did play in the league and um, was actually, like, pretty similar to him. Yeah, I mean, pretty good career for uh, for Bob Ferry. I mean, I know what you mean, kind of similar in that he wasn't a star either, but uh, got 634 games in. So I think between uh, father and son, this is uh, probably one of the better duos. I'm not saying the best, but in terms of, like, number of games played, it's pretty good. Something down. Yeah, I mean, I mean uh, there, there are better ones. I mean, I think probably Clay and Michael Thompson, I mean, just off the top of the head. But, uh, yeah, it's not bad Yeah, not from, from the fairies. All right, so you mentioned that you didn't have um, uh, Danny Ferry on your uh, your redraft. So who do you have with the uh, number 12 spot? You had B.J. Armstrong there. Uh, I had Sherman Douglas in the 12 spot. So we'll look at the 13 spot where you had Blue Edwards. Yes, I did have Blue Edwards, and um, this guy, uh, pretty another like pretty middling career, but um, good career, I would say. Made the All Rookie Team um, in that first season, and All Rookie Teams really mean a lot in this um, draft because it was a, like a, we're doing a redraft, yeah. so like it means like a lot if you made the All Rookie Team because yeah, um, he ten point eight points per game for his career, and. Um, Played from the age of 24 to age 33. Yeah, I think uh, one of these uh, classic uh, solid players. I mean, uh, you know, started out with those uh, uh, Utah teams uh, playing alongside uh, Malone and, uh, and and Stockton. I believe he was probably playing at the game that I saw in Utah as a kid. I'm pretty sure I remember that. And, um, you know, had uh, probably the high watermark of his career with the uh, with, with the Bucks in that 92-93 uh, season where he started uh, just about every game. I won less than that. And uh, average almost 17 points per game. 
probably giving the uh, yeah i mean absolutely i mean it shows what he could do when given that kind of an opportunity and uh, notable for having been taken in the expansion draft by the uh, by the grizzlies uh prior to the 95 96 season uh, notable for uh, for Blue Edwards as well. Uh, the Grizzlies, uh, when they started, uh, were pretty bad. I mean, they were you know in, in line to be uh, had the worst record of any team in NBA history, and uh, run a 23 game losing streak when uh, Blue Edwards knocked down a shot with uh, I think under a second to go to uh, break that losing streak. So one one of the better uh, moments of uh, Blue Edwards' career. I'm sure it was. Absolutely. So uh, Blue Edwards did not make uh, the redraft uh, top 14 for me. But he was certainly in the consideration set. A uh, good career for uh, for Blue Edwards. No, no, no. Yeah. All right, so let's. Uh, let, he was twenty first overall in the uh, the actual draft uh, to the Jazz. All right, so we can talk about my number thirteen pick, a guy we've uh, you know not not been the kindest to over the years. Uh, taken um, with the fortieth uh, pick in the actual draft. I'm talking about Dino Raja. This, guy, um, this guy's in the Hall of Fame. Yes, Dino Raja. Um... I didn't really look at him that much because he only played four years in the league. But um, those four years were pretty good. They were pretty good. Um, averaging 16.7 points per game in those four years, getting up to 19.7 in one year. And, um, yeah, some great career and great seasons. And I'm not sure why he didn't stay in the NBA. Yeah, so it's actually kind of a long road for, uh, for Dino Raja. It was taken – uh, by the Celtics in that uh, that '89 draft, of course, uh, 40th overall, so probably lower than he would have been taken if not for uh, the trouble that was going to come in terms of getting him over here. Uh, tried to uh, make the move at the same time that a number of other European players did, but actually uh, there was a long drawn out uh, legal situation uh, where his uh, his his club um, in Yugoslavia was uh, was attempting to uh, prevent him from joining the Celtics, even though he wanted to at that time. Uh, arguing that he was under contract, he ended up having to uh, to go back and, and play uh, in more uh, play for more in Europe before he was able to make the move to uh, to the U.S. And actually, when he had an opportunity to make the move to the U.S. Uh, after a season, uh, decided to uh, go play in Italy for a few years instead. So uh, played with Virtus uh, Roma from uh, 1990 to 1993. So didn't end up making his move to the NBA until he was 26. Yeah, but still played pretty well in the NBA when he uh, got there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 16.7 points, uh, 8.4 rebounds, solid. I mean, uh, yeah. 32.6 uh, minutes per game as well. So uh, despite not uh, having a, a long career, a solid one. Yeah. And, uh, you know, his... Didn't make mine. But... Yeah, that, I think that's fair. I mean, you really have to factor in his uh, European success, I think, more to uh, to get the full picture about Dino Raja. And, of course, that's why he's in the Hall of Fame. I mean, I remember being a pretty controversial pick when he was uh, inducted as a player in uh, 2018. But well, if you look beyond the NBA, you see that this guy was uh, a EuroLeague Final Four MVP in 1989, a two-time EuroLeague champion in 1989 and 90, uh, two-time Greek League champion, uh, Greek Finals, uh, Greek League Finals MVP, won the Yugoslav League uh, three times. I mean, so the, the, uh, the accolades uh, just roll off uh, when you're talking about Dino Raja overseas. Uh, FIBA 50 greatest players, 50 greatest EuroLeague contributors, etc. So, uh, some great work out of Dino Raja overseas. Yeah, for sure. Similar to Vlade. Uh, similar to Vlade, yes. Obviously did a lot less in the league than, uh, than Vlade would end up doing. All right, let's talk about your number 14 guy now, Mills, uh, as we get to the end of this lottery. This would be the last guy because you had, um, what was his name? Uh, yeah, I had uh, Pooh Richardson as my uh, 14th yeah, so, pick. So. Uh, I had... Uh, George McLeod. This guy, um, this one season definitely stood out to me. Um, that the reason I picked him probably, uh, he uh, went three, um, 39, 37% from three and averaged 18.9 points per game. And, um, yeah, I thought that was a great season and another just solid career. Played for um, 766 NBA games and um, averaged nine points games, points per game for his career and played a little bit overseas as well. Yeah, I mean, a solid career for George McLeod. I mean, I think probably expected a little bit more in terms of a peak uh, with the number seven overall pick out of Florida State, uh, 6'6", I mean, kind of like, you know, Jordan, uh, 205. Um 
but yeah, I mean, you know, a journeyman kind of career for uh, for George McLeod. Uh, didn't really uh, have a huge impact. Never got close to an All Star season or anything like that. But uh, a guy who uh, definitely made a career in the NBA for uh, for a long time there. Yeah. All right. So uh, yeah, I, I did not have George McLeod, but did consider him. All right. Let's take another uh, quick break, and we can come back in uh, just a moment and talk about a couple other guys uh, notable from this draft. And we're back to discuss a few more players from um, the draft class. So first, let's um, get to the number one overall pick, Purvis Ellison. Yeah, unfortunately for him, uh, dropping out of our redraft here, but uh, a little bit of a checkered career for uh, Purvis Ellison, the uh, number one overall pick, as you mentioned, out of uh, Louisville. Never nervous Purvis and out of service Purvis. Yeah, unfortunately, that was the uh, the moniker that uh, followed Purvis Ellison around. Really uh, had a hard time staying on the court. Yes, um, one great season, though. 11 rebounds, 20 points per game in his third season, but that was basically all he did. The other season didn't quite do um, as much as you would hope. Yeah, I mean, this guy comes into the league after uh, winning a Final Four Most Outstanding Player in 1986, so uh, a huge star in college and was just really never able to uh, stay healthy enough to make uh, the kind of impact that people might have expected. They win most improved player. And Did my most improved player. Season. Yeah, I mean, in that 92 season, I mean, uh, you know, you can understand people getting excited about him at that point. I mean, 2.7 blocks that year as well. I mean, almost three assists per game. So, I mean, really showing uh, number one pick kind of upside there. But uh, just was not able to sustain it, unfortunately, as he uh, moved through his career with the Bullets and then uh, moved on to the Celtics for uh, a bunch more of his career, another five mm-hmm. seasons. And I uh, missed a full season with injury in there. So, uh, unfortunately, uh, yeah, very focused on the injuries when it comes to uh, talking about the great Purvis Ellison. Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, won, uh, won a national championship as a freshman at, at Louisville. So, yeah. I mean, really a phenomenal uh, run for him and uh, most outstanding player as a freshman. Yeah. Pretty darn good. Uh, number 42 retired by uh, by Louisville. So, uh, if you're trying to get trying to play at Louisville and you want to wear number 42, good luck. Yeah, yeah you can't do it. I'm gonna take a permission from purpose. I guess. I guess you probably you probably could uh, could work that out. All right. Also wanted to uh, wanted to make sure we get uh, we talk about Chucky Brown here. Now I don't know if you know uh, too much about Chucky Brown, but this guy uh, had a, a very very long career and uh, notable for having played 13 seasons and on 12 different teams. Wow, that is um, pretty ridiculous. The uh, 43rd overall pick in this draft, uh, 6'7", 214-pound uh, forward, uh, really swung, swung back and forth between uh, the forward positions uh, out of NC State. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just uh, a, a lifer. I mean, came in in that 1989 uh, draft as a 21-year-old, left as a 33-year-old. But uh, he really got around. Yeah. Um, didn't play that much, even, but uh, played for a lot of teams. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 694 career games, uh, only 265 of those as uh, as starts. But um, yeah, I mean, definitely uh, uh, worked his way around the league and uh, had that mark of uh, 12 teams played on as uh, tied for the all-time high until uh, just this year with uh, Ish Smith playing for his 13th team. Yeah. Uh, so that's uh, certainly... Well, I don't know if Ish Smith has played for that many teams. Yeah, yeah, uh, broke broke the record uh, just uh, this season. Wow. Yeah, I also want to uh, want to talk about, uh, and we're getting now down into the the lower regions of uh, this draft. Still talking about uh, productive players, but um, guys who didn't have quite as much of an impact. Yeah. I'm talking about Greg Grant. Now, this guy was taken with the uh, the 52nd pick in this draft, so third from the bottom. Uh, this only being a 54 pick mm-hmm. draft. It was not bad. Out of uh, Trenton State University, and very notable. 274 games, and this guy was 5'7", 140 pounds. Very, very shorter than you. Shorter than me, absolutely. And, uh, I mean, I always think, and I mean, we've discussed many times on this show uh, in the couple of years we've been doing it, how impressive it is when these tiny guys uh, make it to the league and then manage to stick around for a while. Yeah, played for um, a bunch of seasons in the league, played for, uh, for about six seasons. So, um yeah, another uh, solid player, and um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Greg Grant. So I uh, definitely wanted to uh, wanted to mention him as well. Uh, also wanted wanted to uh, to talk about uh, Jay Edwards. Now this guy um, 
probably not a lot of people know about him out of Indiana. Um, Played four games. <laughs> just four games, which I know you may be thinking, like, oh, why are we even bringing this guy up, right? Because he was suspended for substance abuse <laughs> in the second season. You think that's why? Probably. No, uh, what, what stuck out to me about Jay Edwards, who was taken with the uh, 33rd overall pick to the Clippers in this uh, in, in this draft, is uh, his shooting percentage during his freshman year in college. Now, get a load of this. Now, I know he did, I know it didn't translate to the league, but just think about this performance as a 19 year old at Indiana, 59 for 110 from three. That's nasty. 53.6. That's the best freshman uh, three point field goal percentage of all time. No wonder he made the league. I mean, that is some sweet shooting. Yeah, I would say. Uh, so impressive stuff there from um, from Jay Edwards. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's ridiculous. I uh, also wanted to mention, um, uh, what's his name? Um, old, old, old what's his name? Kenny Payne, who, uh, who came out of this draft as well. Not so notable for his NBA career. Uh, 144 games right in the regular season out of uh, out of Louisville, but he's actually currently the Louisville coach. Interesting. A few Louisville players coming out of this uh, this draft. Yes, a few Louisville players indeed. Also wanted to mention before we uh, before we move on here, John Morton. Now this guy, a uh, small forward, shooting guard type, uh, war number 23. I mean, not even going to say. Uh, okay, from the Bronx. From the Bronx, so a New York City guy taken with the 25th pick in this draft. Played at, at Seton Hall. Now, John Morton, I don't know if you know this about him. <laughs> this guy won the Haggerty Award, all right? Okay. So the Haggerty Award um, is given to uh, the best player in the uh, New York City metropolitan area in uh, college each year. Well, good for him that he won that. But, I mean, he made it to the league, so I'm not too surprised. Well, I mean, you know, there have been a lot of players who have uh, won the Haggerty Award who uh, who have not made it to the league. So, you know, it's, it's pretty good. I mean, you look back at the uh, the list of winners over uh, the many years in which the Haggerty Award has been uh, given out since uh, 1936. So, I mean, we're talking, you know, almost 90 years now on the Haggerty Award. Um, you know, a lot of these guys uh, did not make it to the league in any significant way. But then you look back and you see, like, you know, someone like Mully won uh, one or three times. Malik Seeley a couple of times. Uh, the great Ron Artest has won uh, the Haggerty Award as well. So pretty cool for uh, for John John Morton. Yeah. Catch that Haggerty Award. All right, I think we're running out of steam here. Uh, thanks so much for uh, for listening to uh, to this episode. I feel like uh, we could run through um, you know what actually happened in the uh, 1989 NBA draft. But uh, you can just take a look at it uh, online somewhere. It's available in a lot of places. Uh, feel free to uh, check it out on Basketball Reference or on Wikipedia, uh, both essential resources for us in uh, recording and doing the research for these episodes. And, um, yeah, thanks so much for listening. We'll, uh, we'll get back at you with another episode before too long. Yeah. Um, no, don't forget to check out um, Favorites with Ava and Matt. And, um, yeah. Bye.